All right, preach the word. Let's do it. Let's preach the word. That's what we want to do here today. We want to hear from God's word. But just before we do, I got three invitations for you. Uh, the first invitation is for this Wednesday morning. We're joining in with the community and we're going out to Mescalero to the care center. Uh, this is our turn. It's Gateway's turn. And some other churches are doing it other weeks, but this Wednesday morning is our turn. And so we're going to go out there and be there at 10 o'clock. And we're going to uh, sing a few songs. Don Gibson brings his guitar. Where's Don? He was just here when he left. There he is. Don's going to play some songs for us. And uh, Dr. Spence, I don't know if he's here today or not. I didn't see him. But he's supposed to do our devotional on Wednesday morning. And then we pray over the people that are there at the care center. It's a great blessing. And if you have time, meet us here at the building at 915. All of you are welcome. Anybody who wants to come, meet us at the building at 915. We'll go out there together. It's a real blessing. The second invitation uh, Brian mentioned this a moment ago, on Christmas Eve, December 24th, it, that's, it happens to be on December 24th this year, Christmas Eve, and uh, so at 5 o'clock, we're going to meet right here in this auditorium, and we're going to have a Christmas Eve service at 5 o'clock, from 5 o'clock to 5.59, all right, and uh, we're not going to keep you a minute past 6 o'clock. So this is going to be the kids' uh, program that they're doing, it's called Emmanuel, and uh, Rebecca Judd wrote it, and we did it two or three years ago. But this is a different group of kids, and they're going to they're gonna do it. Cindy Carey and Kim King are directing that this year. Uh, several of the people at our church who are uh, very good uh, instrumentalists are going to be playing uh, instruments that, that day. And so it is an instrumental service. Just want to let everybody know that. Want to be upfront about all those things. You know from our leadership that we believe that God is pleased with instrumental worship. And so uh, that night he'll receive that from us. Of course, on Sundays, you, if you're visiting, you recognize we, we don't have any instruments. This is our, uh, this is our, our uh, way that we worship God here on Sunday mornings is through a cappella, and uh, we believe God loves a cappella music too, and so that's what we do on Sundays. But I'd love to invite you to come. I, I, do, I, I guess I'll also just tell you, I, now I'm, I'm probably just bragging to say this, but there's uh, four of our ladies from Gateway this morning are actually over in Capitan at the Christ Community Fellowship, and they're the ones that play violin and cello, and they're all over there helping lead the worship for Christ Community Fellowship this morning. And so I'm real proud that we sent some of them that way, and uh, they'll, they'll be some of the ones that will be helping us on Christmas Eve. And the third invitation. The third invitation is to invite you to continue to pray for our search for a youth minister here at Gateway. Uh, I, I'm, that's been in the bulletin, and I think the elders, the elders have said that. They've asked you to be praying about that as we look for uh, this family or this person to come. And I want you to know while you're praying that your elders are working. They're working hard. They've already met a couple of families, and uh, they're trying to get to know them a little bit. Some of your elders are possibly going to go for a couple of days, take two days off work, and go to Texas and meet a family over in Texas. That's trying to be, they're trying to work that out. And so uh, right now we're not telling anybody who those people are because for anonymity's sake and because of Facebook and these people are successful youth ministers where they're at and we don't want their, their church. Well, we're trying to steal them. That's what we're doing. That's what I'm trying to say, you know. So we just don't, we, we don't want anybody to know that yet. And so, but real soon, it won't be very long. Uh, I, I anticipate it won't be a real long time that, that we'll have one of these families that'll come and you'll get to meet them. You'll get to... You'll get to know them, and, and, and we'll get your input as well. And so uh, that's kind of the process that the elders are going through, and we just want to keep you uh, updated on that. But I'm telling you, your prayers are important. Is this a hard thing to do, Wyatt? 
Yeah. Oh, it's easy. Okay, forget it. You don't need to pray. Wyatt said it's easy. All right, let's preach the word. Uh, we are in our series on the gift, the gift. And usually we think about the gift um, in December. That's why, that's why all these gifts are up on stage, by the way. Usually we think about the gift and uh, we think about Jesus Christ. Is this going to work, maybe? Is it? Probably. Maybe. Let's see. Let me try to plug it in again and let's see what happens. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's why we've got all these gifts up here, just to help us remember that that's what we're talking about. We normally, in December, we think a lot about the gift of Jesus, and uh, that was what God gave to the world. He gave the divine child. He gave baby Jesus. He gave Emmanuel, which means God with us. God did that. He gave us the gift of Jesus. But this particular series that we are doing, we started last week by looking at Acts chapter 2. When Peter preached the first sermon about Jesus and the people asked, what, what must we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. See, God has given us another gift, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Actually, Jesus said that the gift of the Holy Spirit is even better than the gift of himself. Look at what he says in John chapter 16 and verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. That doesn't make any sense. Jesus was here on the earth. We always think that'd be the best. If I could walk around with Jesus on the earth, that'd be the best. Well, no, he said it's for your good if I go away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying this is going to be even better when you receive this gift from God. And so this series is about the Holy Spirit. And we mentioned last week, there's several things that the Holy Spirit does from John chapter 14 and John through John chapter 16. These are some of the things he does. He counsels us, he teaches us, he convicts us, and he guides us. And then from our scripture reading this morning, we see in Romans chapter 8 that he testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. He testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. I wonder if you've ever had somebody ask you, well, how do you know? How do you know that this is real? How do you know that you're saved? How do you know that Jesus lives in your heart? How do you know all these things? And sometimes it's almost difficult to articulate. It's like you, you almost just say, well, you know that you know. You know that you know that you know. And I'm not saying that's the only evidence, that it's just some inner feeling. There's other evidence as well. But I'm simply saying this. That the Holy Spirit gives us assurance. He testifies with our spirit, what? That we are children of God. That's something else that the Holy Spirit does. But this series, as we mentioned last week, is not really about what the Holy Spirit does. This series of lessons in December is about what we get to do with Him. What do we get to do with Him? And I want to just mention to you that some of the ideas that I'm getting for this particular series, are the seed of those ideas, are coming from a book. And I'm just encouraging you, those of you who like to read, and maybe those of you who haven't read a book in a long time, I think this is a great book. It's called Forgotten God. It's by Francis Chan. And it, it says, Forgotten God, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. 
our tragic neglect of the Holy Spirit. It's a great book. As a matter of fact, I think it's so good that we ordered three copies and they're in the foyer out here. And I, I, they cost us $11, so we're selling them to you for $11. We're just not selling, we're not making any money. We're just trying to give you an opportunity to buy this book if you're interested in reading along this month with what we're studying. And there's some other books out there too. I want you to know Twyla takes great care of our library. A lot of you don't even know we had a library. You didn't know that. We have a library here at our church. And you can go there and check out books. That's amazing. You can do that at a library right here in our church building. And she's keeping some of those out in the foyer. They're in, in the bookcase out there. And you can check some of those out. There's some that are about Christmas. There's some that are about the life of Jesus, thinking about him this month. So I just want to encourage you to, uh, uh, to, to be filling your mind up with things that are good and noble and right and holy and, and things that are positive that fill our mind up instead of, uh, instead of just you know, always uh, sitting around you know, watching Hawaii 5.0 or something. So um, we're doing a little deal each week where we're unwrapping a present up here. And the reason for that is to help us remember what can we do with the Holy Spirit. What are some things we can do with the Holy Spirit? And so this last week, we unwrapped the treadmill. You guys remember this? We unwrapped this treadmill right back here. And, and uh, the whole point of that was from Galatians chapter 5 to remind us that we get to do what? We get to walk with the Spirit. We get to stay in step with the Spirit. And so I just wanted to ask you, how's it going this week? How's it going? Is it? Good. That's great. I hope you've been staying in step. Staying in step with the Spirit. Many days, I've been thinking about this series for several months, and so I've been trying to practice some of these things. Not like I just started in my life, but I'm saying I've really been concentrating on trying to practice some of these things of staying in step with the Spirit. And many days feel just pretty ordinary. They're good, but they're just ordinary. And, and I have times when I wonder, God, are you, are you really doing anything down here? I mean, is there really anything you're calling me to do to stay in step with the Spirit? Is there anything like that? And then I have a day, like I did about uh, three or four weeks ago, I was supposed to meet with a friend here at the building one morning and, uh, and was going to talk to this friend about some things that was going on, uh, this brother in Christ, about things going on in his life. And there was a lot of other things going on. This was right in the middle of the time when uh, Mike and Kathy were struggling. There was other people I was trying to and just trying to be a, a good Christian caring minister at this church. And there was a lot on my plate that day. And I got, I was, I was uh, in a business and taking care of some business, and I came out in the parking lot, and I got a message from this brother who said, I can't meet you today. And then told me about another thing that had blown up in his life that was different from the thing I was going to meet with him about. And so I just was frustrated. I'm just confessing to you. I sat in the parking lot, and I, I just prayed a prayer. And I said, God, I am frustrated. I need your help. I need your help. I, I can't do all this. You, you, are you doing anything up there, God? Are you, are you really helping? Would you please show me today that you're working? Would you please do that today, God? And that was about it. That was my prayer. And then I pulled out on the street, and I drove about two blocks, and that guy who had left me a message was walking across the street in a place where I wouldn't have expected to see him, right in front of my car. Okay. And so I pulled over, and I picked up my friend, and we sat there for 30 or 45 minutes, and we talked, and we prayed together. 
And there's a, the story's longer, and there's other ways that God worked in all that, but I'm not going to belabor the point. The point is simply this, that we have the opportunity to stay in step with the Spirit. Some people might just say, well, that was just a coincidence, and I choose not to say that. I choose not to. I choose to have faith that God was giving me the opportunity to stay in step with him that day. And I'll tell you, even on days when things like that don't happen, I'm telling you, walking with the Spirit is still great. I just enjoy being with the Lord, being aware of his presence, being in the friendship with him, enjoying. Amy and I occasionally, we don't do this all the time, but we go walk sometimes. There's a park right by our house, and I like to go walk with Amy. And you know what happens when we go walk together? Nothing. Nothing. And I love it. I just like to be walking with her. And we talk sometimes, or she talks sometimes. She's not here today, so I can talk about her. But, but I, just, I enjoy that, and I'm simply saying, here's the connection. It's the same thing with God, and I trust you've been walking and enjoyed staying in step with him today. So today we're going to unwrap the next present. We're going to see what can we do with spirit. So I've asked my two volunteers, come on Brando and, and, uh, and um, Ivan, sorry, I don't know what, sometimes I just forget things. Come on up here. Okay, they're going to unwrap this present for us today. And uh, just before you guys do, let's stand over here in the front so everybody can see. Just before we do, you guys have to give your weekly guess. What do you guys think's in here? What do you think? A Bible, okay. What do you think might be in here? Um, an iPad. <laughs> With the Bible on it, right? Okay. Okay, I was just hoping for maybe like uh, some gourmet coffee or something, but you guys are thinking pretty good. Okay, you guys go for it. Tear it open. Don't be neat about it. Rip it. Rip it. Come on. Yeah, there we go. Dig in. All right. Pull open the top. What do we got? A backpack? What are we supposed to do with that? Put stuff in it. Put stuff in it. All right. Well, we're going to find out about it. Thank you, guys. Give these guys a hand. Thanks for helping us. You guys can go sit back down. What in the world does a backpack have to do with reminding us what we get to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, let's pray, and then we'll read God's Word, and we'll see. Lord, thank you for this day to be together with uh, family. And again, just as we've already prayed, Lord, our hearts are uh, just with the Davis family. And we beg for your mercy and grace, for your presence, for the comfort, the things we see that you do. Please comfort the Davis men. Please remind them of what you've taught them about the truths already, that what Wyatt read today about not having to grieve like the rest of the world. God, help us to be good family to them. Help us to be people who reach out and love them through this tragedy. And we thank you for your word today, God. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to do what you do, to teach us to be our teacher today. Help our hearts to be open. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Here's our scripture for today. Mark, if you want to turn in your Bible or you can just watch right up here. Mark chapter 13, starting in verse 9. This is what Jesus says. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. 
On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit Brother will betray brother to death, a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. What an amazing promise that is made here by Jesus. That in the midst of great danger, in the midst of great peril and terror, that we don't have to worry because the Holy Spirit is going to be there To give us just the right words to say. Just the right words. And you might think, well, that's nice, John. It might even be kind of inspiring. But honestly, do we today, in 2012, sitting in this room, do we need this promise? Do we need that? And how in the world does this backpack connect to that verse we just read? There's nothing about a backpack in there. What are you talking about? Well, let me start by saying I believe that these scriptures that we just read are as much for us today as they were for the apostles. And if you want to visit with me about that, I'll be glad to tell you why I believe that. And and I'm not going to take time during this sermon. It's just too lengthy to say. But I'd be glad to privately sit down with you if you want to know why. I believe this is talking to us just as much as it was to the apostles. And so Jesus does anticipate that you and I will need this promise of the help of the Holy Spirit. He expects that we're going to get ourselves in these kind of situations. Maybe not the exact word-for-word situation that he has right here, but the kind of situations that are dangerous, the kind of situations that are frightening, the kind of situations that are risky. He expects us to be in risky situations. But I'll tell you this, if you stay home with the doors locked and you stay safe and you stay in control of your calendar and in control of your day and in control of your finances and in control of the people you're around and in control of your situation and in control of your whole life, well, then you probably won't need any help from the Holy Spirit because you'll have it under control. No thanks, Lord, I'm good. I've got it under control. On the other hand, If you grab your backpack and you load it up and you head outside into places you haven't been before, well, you know what that is? That is a risk. It's a risk. And that is really our key word for today. What do we get to do with the Spirit? We get to risk. And so I want you to say it out loud on the count of three so you won't forget. The backpack reminds us that we get to risk. That's exactly right. If you do that, you could get hurt. You could get lost. You could get tired. You could be in danger. You could get hungry and cold and be uncomfortable. All those things could happen if you risk. And I want to tell you something. We live in a culture that many people are addicted to risk. Have you guys noticed this? Have you noticed this? Young people don't have a lot of opportunities for risk. And the main reason they don't is because we have insulated them and protected them from every single thing in the world. We haven't given them any 
chances or opportunities for danger or anything risky. And so you know what they do? They make up risky things. They manufacture risk because it's something that they are longing for. I'm going to break away from this PowerPoint for just a moment, and I'm going to show you just a short video of something that I saw yesterday on TV. And I went for a mountain bike ride yesterday uh, back up behind... Uh, back up behind Cedar, uh, I'm sorry, behind uh, Grindstone. But I'll tell you, it wasn't anything like this. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want to do it. Now, these people are, uh, they're volunteering for this. They're doing this without anybody holding a gun to their head. I doubt they're doing it without the assistance of drugs. But they are doing it voluntarily. As I was watching this on TV the commentators were calling these people warriors. You're a warrior. You're a real, that guy's a real warrior. This guy, boy, I'll tell you what, he's a hero. They use the word hero for this. I'm like, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> that guy's not a hero. He's not a warrior. He's just stupid. But why? Why is the culture saying, we want to do this? What's wrong with these people? What they're doing is they're saying, we want some risk. We want something in our life that's bigger than sitting at home and watching Jeopardy and eating Cheetos. That's all we're getting. That's all that maybe we've given them, perhaps. And so, yeah. So they're looking for, they're looking for risk. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. As we get older and wiser, we don't risk anymore, do we? No, wait a second, that's not true. Hold on, back up a little bit. I think we could think of a lot of things we risk. Let me just give you a couple. Maybe you're one of those people that you, you kind of like to risk money. Now, maybe you, maybe you go out to the casino, or maybe you don't, but even if you don't go to the casino, maybe you're one of those people who likes an investment, and, and you like to take some money and you like to find the right place to put it in. And, then, and, and whether it's that you sign on the dotted line or you hit that buy button on, on, on a stock market uh, site, on the website, you get that little adrenaline rush like, oh, this is a risk. I don't know if it's going to work out or not. I don't know. I mean, we, we're not going to lose it all, but we could lose a lot here. But we could gain a lot. And then when it comes through, you're like, yes. I mean, that adrenaline just pours through your body. Oh, you're a little bit like these guys, kind of addicted to risk. Or, or maybe, it's, you know, maybe it's at the office or, or wherever it is that you, uh, that you spend time. It's, it's the person at the office, and maybe it's just that little flirtatious comment, a little risky. Or, or maybe it's wearing something that's a little ri risque, you know, a little get a little tension. Oh, that little burst of adrenaline. You're not going to have an affair. I mean, you're not going to cheat on your spouse. Of course not. You, I mean, seriously, that's not even in your, on, on the radar. But, but it's just this little risk. Oh, that little adrenaline of, 
You see, as we get older, these things become more subtle, but no less dangerous. Here's the amazing thing, is that those risks that I'm mentioning, and many more that you could probably think of yourself, are a cheap imitation for the real risk that Christ calls us to participate in. Risk that matters. Risk that has a purpose beyond an adrenaline rush. I love the story that Jesus tells in Matthew 25. It's the story we know of as the talents. And it's not really talking about talents like you can sew or you can uh, you work on a car or you can sing. It's not talking about talents. It's talking about money. Really, the parable is about money. I'm sorry, really, the, the, the parable is about opportunities. Because that's what money is. Money is an opportunity. And so the story goes, Jesus says, let me tell you a story. There was a boss, and he called some people in. And to the first one, he gave five talents or five opportunities. And he said to them, take this and, and go make some more money. Bring it back. And he gave to the second one, what did he give, two or three, something like that? Is that right? Three, thanks. He gave three. And then to the last one, he gave one. Okay? So he gives five and what was it? Three things and one. Five and three and one. And, and so then a little bit later they come back and the guy who had five opportunities, he made the most of those opportunities and had five more opportunities. And the guy who had three opportunities, he made the most of those and he had three more opportunities. That took some risk for them to do that. But the last guy was very careful and cautious and he took his one opportunity and he said, I knew you were a hard master and I knew I could get in big trouble if I lost this one opportunity. So what I did was I was really careful with it and I buried it under the ground. What did the guy call him? Do you remember? It starts with a W and ends with Ikid. What is it? A wicked servant. He called him a wicked servant. You see, in, in the economy of God, risk equals faithfulness. Safety equals wickedness. That's counterintuitive to us. We're all like, wait a second, I, I think we need to be really careful here. I think we need to be super safe here. And yet that story that Jesus told, which is a great story, tells us risk equals faithfulness. Safety equals wickedness. Here's another great story. My brother, some of you know him, his name is Rob. He has a friend named Matt. Matt is a Christian man, and he lives in Colorado, and he loves to backpack. Here's a picture of he and his wife right here backpacking in the mountains. And he's apparently very good at backpacking, is very good at surviving when he's out because this guy, Matt, has another friend. Matt's friend's name is Don, and Don is a doctor. And Don, on his vacation, likes to go on medical mission trips to help people with his time off. Don was preparing to go to Nicaragua and to go into the Basawas rainforest along the Honduran border, apparently a dangerous part of the world. And he called Matt... Here's some pictures of that part of the world right here where he was heading. Don called Matt and he said, Don, he said, Matt, we're trying to get some medicine to this village. 
We need to get some medicine to this village. But the problem is, and he said the medicine is for, for people who are, they simply have a, uh, oh, I can't remember, something, sorry, this is kind of gross, something in their intestines. But anyways, it's something, they take this medicine and it makes it go away. So I, I didn't write that down. So he said that's what, we, that's what we need, is we need somebody to get this medicine to these people because people are dying in these villages and they don't need to be. The medicine is cheap. But when we try to take it across the border, we get in big trouble or the border guards take the medicine away from us. We can't get it across the border. And so he said to Matt, what I want you to do, Matt, is I want you to get your backpack and I want you to fill it up with drugs and I'm going to give you a map and I want you to walk across the mountains and into this little village. I want you to sneak drugs into this town. I want you to take a big risk. It's dangerous. You could lose your life if anybody finds out you're doing this. And Matt decided to go. And he walked across the mountains of Nicaragua. And he walked into this little village he risked his life, not for a trophy on a mountain bike with a bunch of pot smokers. That's not why he did it. He risked his life. Why? This is why he risked his life. For them. For those little kids. They're the ones who took the medicine that he carried across the mountains. And he saved their lives. He risked his life for something that matters. He risked his life so that they could get this medicine from Christian doctors who were also teaching them the good news about Jesus Christ. What a great story. Because he could have stayed safe in Colorado. He could have kept his life controlled. He was in control. Everything was on his terms. He could have done that. But the Spirit said, take a step. And he was willing to walk with the Spirit into risk. Well, what are you saying to us, John? I mean, are you saying you want us to go get a backpack and load it up with drugs and take it across the border somewhere? What are you talking about, John? What is this about? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm saying this. I'm saying that God is asking you to take something in your backpack this week to the people that you live around. That's what I'm saying. To take a risk of being misunderstood this week, to take a risk of being judged this week, to take a risk of being rejected this week, to take a risk of losing your friendship with somebody this week, to take a risk instead of just doing what you always do in your controlled life, but to listen for the Spirit, to step out and do something risky. Now, I have to give a warning here, because there are, as I said, some people who are addicted to risk. And if you listen to this sermon and you get an idea for something risky, there's a place you have to check that before you go do it. And it's right here with God's Word. Before you say, well, John, you told me to go risk. And so I'm going, you know, I'm going to go rob a liquor store. And when I'm in prison, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. You know, wait a second, I didn't say that, okay? Hold on, let's back up a little bit. So what are we talking about? What risk does he want us to take? Well, just let me give you three quick ones. What do we get to do with the Spirit? First of all, we get to do this. 
Mark chapter 9, verse 41. I tell you the truth. Anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. Could you risk a cup of cold water for somebody this week? Could you look around and see somebody who's thirsty? Somebody who needs? Somebody who's desperate? Someone who's hurting? And could you step out of your schedule? Could you step out of your routine? Could you step out of your safety? And could you do something risky to go help somebody with a cup of cold water? What, does he want us, what risk does he want us to take in our backpack? He wants us to take rescue equipment to people. Galatians 6.1 Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. See, it's kind of risky, he's saying. There's some risk involved. But... I want you to load your backpack up this week with some rescue material. You know anybody who's caught in a sin? Well, look, that's their problem. It's their life. I don't want to stick my nose too far into that stuff. I mean, come on. Who am I to judge? I can't really say anything. I mean, I'm busy. I got stuff going on, you know? Really? Know anybody who's caught in a sin? Are you willing to take a risk this week? Because the Holy Spirit's inviting you to. The good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything as I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Could you pull some good news, some gospel out of your backpack this week? Could you ask someone a question that's a little awkward or uncomfortable? Could you invite somebody to church? Could you give someone a Bible as a birthday present this week? Could you, could you enter into a conversation that you hear people talking about spirituality and you're like, well, I don't know. I might not know all the answers. I might not say the right thing. I might not know what to say. Oh, oh, wait, where did we start? Don't worry about what to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say in that frightening, risky situation. Are you willing to take the step and trust that the Holy Spirit would work and that you would get to work with him? If you are, if there's something specific, because some of you are sitting here going, I can't believe you're talking about this because this is exactly what's going on in my life. How did you know this? I didn't, but the Holy Spirit did. And he told me to say this this week. He led me to this study and he led me to preach this this week. And here you are today. So if there's something you need to stay in step with the Spirit or you haven't really been enjoying walking with Him very much this week, it may be, one reason may be because your life is way too safe. So we're going to have shepherds here to pray for you that your life would stop being so safe and that it would become risky. Maybe some of you have never asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior. That's a big risk. That's a big step. You've never done that. You come today. You come find me and we'll baptize you into Christ today if you're ready to do that. Let's stand and let's sing. I will never be the same again. I can never return.